This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode number 78, Pet Bereavement. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you being here every week. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Bridget Sims. She is a qualified dog trainer over in the UK. She runs the Academy of Dog Training and Behavior and is a Caney Cross trainer as well with DogFit UK. Bridget is also qualified as a dog first aid trainer, a dog groomer, with the city and guilds, and also she's gaining the holistic dog groomer diploma and as a pet bereavement support specialist with the Blue Cross. Bridget also works with local vets to provide a weight management program. Bridget continues with her own personal development, attending courses relating to dog law, calmness and reactive dogs, and canine body language with the Dog Training College. We are honored to have Bridget here with us today and look forward to hearing about tips that she has regarding pet bereavement. So welcome, Bridget. Thanks for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and why dogs? Why did you choose to get into this field? Oh, well, I mean, I guess I've had dogs the majority of my life um, and I've always been really passionate about um, the bond that you can have with your dog you know I've always been really lucky I've had some fantastic dogs and I think I started kind of studying various things about dogs for my own personal interest really Uh, and then sort of began to realize that the more you learn the more you realize there is to learn (laughs) if that makes sense there's just so you, you just feel like you're scratching the surface all of the time and so kind of my my passion to learn more grew and I I love to train people I come from a a training and development background so um, I just love to see other people really kind of blossom and grow as their confidence grows in various different walks of life And I found that as I learned more about dogs and and the bond with a dog, and I was kind of sharing that with other people, people were coming back to me for more and more. Um, And, you know, that's kind of really how I started down down the route of just totally working with dogs and everything dog, really. Yeah, I hear you there. I also, as an educator, enjoy teaching people. I love that moment when that light bulb turns on. And you can see that you're making a difference for someone. And I love that we can do that in the world of dogs. Absolutely. You get so much pleasure out of seeing other people connect with their dogs in the way that you know that they can. Truly. So on the topic of living life with your dogs, what's something that you love to go do with your dogs? Oh, I've done lots of different things over the years with my dogs. So um, I've done agility. Um, with dogs before which is always great fun they're all dogs are always a lot fitter than me somehow <laughs> um, and uh, obviously canny cross which we spoke about earlier um, one of the things that I like to do every week is go on an adventure so on my day off each week I pop the dogs in the car and off we go we find a new walk we go somewhere new somewhere you know it doesn't have to be very far away but 
I try once a week to kind of say, right, it's our adventure day. And, and it's somewhere we go and explore together, somewhere we've not been before. And, and I love it. I really look forward to those, those sessions because, you know, we're, we're all kind of investigating and getting lost together. <laughs> it's great fun. I love that idea. That's a wonderful concept of, you know, going somewhere new with your dog on a weekly basis. I think that the dog gives me added bravery, if you will, to go try and do adventures in new places. So I love that you brought that up. That's so fun. Well, today I appreciate you being here to talk about pet bereavement. Losing a dog can be very difficult and they truly become really one of the family. What tips can you offer those who have lost a dog recently? I think it's uh, pet bereavement is very individual. I think, I think there's a lot of underlying feelings that, are, that most people will experience. So I think one of the greatest things that people experience is guilt. Uh, they feel guilty because they've made the decision maybe, or they've had to make the decision to, um, to euthanize the dog, um, or they feel guilty because they think they didn't make that decision quickly enough, or they feel guilty because they didn't spot something was wrong with their dog. People go through this whole guilt trip. And I think it's really, really hard for people to realize that actually, if you look up the meaning of guilt, it, it basically means that, you know, you, it's the feeling you get when you've done something wrong, you know, and making a decision to put a dog out of pain or, um, you know, not being, not being sort of veterinary trained to spot certain symptoms in dogs. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. It's, but, but that's a natural, natural instinct. And, um, I think sometimes people that have lost a dog feel very alone. They think other people won't understand and other people won't, will maybe think their grief is disproportionate. Um, you know, you very often hear people say, well, it was only a dog, you can get another one. It's not only a dog to us. And, and so I think people sometimes feel they can't discuss it or they can't talk about it because people won't understand. They feel very lonely. Also, different family members might react to grief differently. So you may have one person that needs to talk about the dog, needs to mention the dog's name, needs to um, talk about the fun times that they had together. And you may have another family member that can't talk about it. And then that can make things very difficult as well because you're dealing with grief in different ways. Uh, so, I mean, I guess my, my overarching sort of tip to anybody is there are pet bereavement support specialists there to help. Um, and you're not alone and you can talk to somebody and that can be whenever you're ready. So it can be um, actually even before you've lost a dog, maybe it might be that you're getting to that point where you think I'm going to have to make a decision soon. And I don't know if I'm doing it at the right time. You can actually talk through that with a support specialist or you can talk through the decisions that you'll have to make when the day comes. So for example, you know, what do you want to happen with the dog's body after they've been euthanized? Um, there are lots of different options, certainly in the UK, um, obviously I'm not sure about in the US, but in the UK, there are lots of different options um, about what you might want to happen, but you can actually discuss all of those options, know what your options are and have that plan in place so that at the time that you do have to make the decision, you're not 
overwhelmed by emotion, you've got a plan written down that you can just hand to your vet. Um, or it could be that you want to talk to somebody straight after you've lost your dog, or it might be six months down the road. Um, grief can quite often be associated with other things as well. So um, depending on what other bereavements you've had in your life may impact you know how you react to losing a dog so for example a child um, could be you know very very badly affected because it may be the first family member they've ever lost um, or you know it could be that perhaps you have been looking after a dog or you've taken on the care of a dog that belonged to an elderly relative that passed away so actually losing the dog brings back the feelings of grief having lost that relative does that make sense completely um, yeah completely so there, there are lots of different reasons why people grieve the way they do your the amount of grief you feel is never disproportionate it's personal um and talking to a specialist can really help you to understand those feelings and for you to just have somebody to talk it through with because quite often that's all that people need yeah. Do you have any good resources that people could turn to to find one of those specialists? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not sure in the US. I would imagine that um, there are people over in the US that can do that. Um, I am about to put, I've got a little bit on my website about pet bereavement, but I'm also about to do a um, like a free masterclass that will be uploaded on there as well to give people hints and tips. Um, and maybe um, I'll probably even include a um, sort of like a checklist for people that they can use. And so I will be putting more and more resources on my website. Um, but I, you know, Google's a great tool. Unfortunately, I do find that like anything, you'll, you'll find some really good, useful resources and some not so useful resources. A lot of animal charities certainly again over here in the UK animal charities will support with pet, pet bereavement so you know there may be animal charities in the US that could do that um, as well. Fantastic I appreciate that you're diving into this work a little further and putting those resources out for people I think it's very helpful for people to understand and know that grief from a the death of a pet is normal and that it's okay to talk to people and to feel sad you know, with the death of a pet. So I appreciate your comments on that. I've been asked recently, you know, losing a dog can be hard for the people. It can also be hard for the other dogs in the household. Do you have any tips on how to help other dogs overcome their grief when there's a, the death of a pet in the family? Yes. I mean, it depends very much, obviously, on the circumstances. And again, if you, if you know that, um, you know, you're planning the euthanasia you, you know that it's coming and when it's coming um, if possible if your if your veterinary surgeon will perform that at home it's always good to have not the other dogs not in a in the room when it actually takes place but to allow them to see the body afterwards because they do understand and if they can come in and actually see the body it helps them to to accept the dog isn't coming back. Uh, if you take the dog to the vets, which sometimes you have to do, sometimes there isn't a choice and sometimes it's very sudden and you don't have the time to plan these things. 
but um, very often then a dog that's left at home may become anxious. You may find that they keep going to the door or they keep pacing around the house because they're looking for the other dog. They're not understanding why the other dog isn't coming back. I would say one of the key things to do, if you possibly can, is try and keep your normal routine and your normal structure. Um, because as you know, dogs, dogs do like routine. Um, and they, you know, and they do like a, a, a struct, simple structure to their lives. And therefore, if you can try and maintain that for the dog that is left uh, behind, then, you know, that is going to help them. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, giving them extra cuddles. And, um, you know, sometimes people kind of think, well, if, you know, if I give them too many cuddles, it's going to make, you know, it's going to make them grieve for longer, or it's going to spoil them. But you know, when we're grieving, we all want a cuddle, don't we? So um, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I would say that the kind of the simple thing would be try and maintain normal routine as much as possible. And they will eventually adapt. It probably will take them quite a long time uh, and just be patient with them. You know, if they start, you start noticing a few behavioral changes, like, you know, they start soiling in the house, for example, um, or they're crying a bit more than usual, they start to have a little bit of separation anxiety. Just be patient with them because they will come to terms with it as we all do, but it could take them a little bit of time. Thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate those tips. I think that's super helpful. You know, just awareness um, and I think allowing people to feel okay that they are normal when they feel sad at the loss of a pet. And I, I agree wholeheartedly on the tips for helping your other pets in the household, you know, giving them extra love and giving them extra cuddles, as you mentioned, is not going to, you know, do anything to their training or uh, teach them anything negative in my opinion as well. It's just, you know, we all want to feel that comfort after, you know, the loss of someone. Yeah, absolutely. So where can we learn more about you and what you do? Um, so I have a website, which, uh, do you want me to give the website address? Sure. So uh, it's www.pause-and-play.com. Or I also have a Facebook page. And if you search for at K9, so the letter K, the number nine, healthcare, without any spaces, you should be able to find my Facebook page as well. Um, so there's, there's, um, more information on pet bereavement on, on my website. And as I say, there will be some master, free masterclasses and some free tools up there as well for people. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your time today. We appreciate your expertise and it's been fun getting to know you a little bit this morning. Lovely. Thank you very much. All right, you guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your support. And hope you go live life with your dogs this week and go on a new adventure. I love that thought from Bridget to once a week, set a goal to get out and live life with your dog in a new way. Have a great day. I'll talk to you next week. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site baxterandbella.com to contact me. 